Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a great topic. I think all of our topics are great. I think they are too because uh, people who are seeking or asking these questions, they the are. only dumb question is the one not asked. Yeah, These are all good stuff. I, you know, so many people ask. I had, uh, I had one guy didn't appreciate the last podcast I did. <laughs> well, a lot of things God wrote are controversial. People love to judge God, don't they? They do. Well, and that was, that's what it was. Uh, so this week we're going to talk about do all roads lead to God? Because you hear that all the time, right? Well, just pick your path. All roads lead to God. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you believe, just as long as you believe something. Yeah, so I think, I think um, all but one road leads to the God of the earth, and then one road leads to God. Well... According to the scriptures and according to John. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget. Brother, if you will open us in a word of prayer, we will get started. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit will help us to discern and uh, share the word of God with purity uh, to seeking hearts that we may grow thereby and bring you honor and glory and be a blessing one to another, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so today is, do all roads lead to God? The, the short answer is no. no. Pure, and, pure and simple. Yeah. And, and I love, you know, living in New York, upstate New York, I always tell people, listen, there's only one way to, to Buffalo, right? And, and they're like, well, you can go down south and you can, you know, take 87 to 88, 84, and you can circle back up. To, and I go, whoa, hold on, there's only one way, and that's west. And then I, I, I'm going, okay, you know, the truth is there is only one way, and that's west to Buffalo from Albany. I mean, that's one it. way of looking at it. Yeah. But then I thought, But man. you could go east and go all the way around. <laughs> so I throw you a curveball there, Johnny. So there really are two ways. You can go east or west. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I know I do. That that's, is what a, you lo- that's what you love about That's me. what I love about you. You know, I never thought about that. So you have just completely yeah, blown you're, you're talking to an aging hippie here, man. <laughs> Dude, that was slick, man. I'm going to give you that one. All right. I get a point. All right. But because of people like you, <laughs> that, <laughs> that blow my theory on, on there's only one way to Buffalo from You can Albany. go the 300-mile route or you can go the 24,000-mile route, Johnny. Oh, my goodness, right? So... Oh, this is crazy. All right. Johnny is speechless. I am. (laughs) That's a wonderful thing to see. (laughs) But because of people like you, I found a whole new example that there's only one road to. (laughs) And that is Bethel, Alaska. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. I've heard of Alaska, but not Bethel. Okay. So in Bethel, Alaska, uh, it's a remote city on the western coast of Alaska. And what happens is they have the, 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 uh, dude, I even looked it up before I started this and I'm, st- I'm stuttering, uh, uh, the, the Cuscoquim, Cuscoquim, whatever it is, right? any rate, it is a, uh, uh, they, uh, it's the river that they'll take a boat through or in the winter time, the only way to it is they have a, a dog sled race, and the, and the dog sleds actually make the road to get to Bethel. And so the only way to uh, Bethel in the wintertime is one road. That's it. And that's the dog sled uh, road that, that is run. Otherwise, you cannot get there except for by air, of course. Like one way in. It's one way in. That's it. And so when I, I thought, wow, you know what? This is perfect and because now... I can't, uh, guys like you can't ruin my way of saying, of saying, well, you can, I never thought of that. You can leave East and go all the way around the world. You suck, man. You killed me. That is so funny. So here in, in, uh, Bethel, Alaska, you can either get there by air or the road, one road. That is it. No other way in. Well, that's what it is with Jesus. You can either get there by air, <laughs> you must die, or uh, or there's one way, and that's Jesus. Yeah. It's such <laughs> a simple topic, so complicated and so amped up emotionally, and it comes down to, has God spoken to us, man? If the Bible is the word of God, this 
and I'm totally convinced that it is, man couldn't yeah. have written it if he wanted to. Because the scriptures are clear. Jesus said, oh, you got the scriptures. You want me to, let me All quote right. one. Go ahead, I'm man. probably taking it right off your screen. There it is. I got Do some it. of these in my heart. Johnny's got them on the screen <laughs> and in your heart. Mine are in my heart. You know? I got it in my heart. Johnny's got to write it down. <laughs> Johnny sucks. <laughs> Neither is there. So I didn't say that. I'll tell you one thing. Your coffee is good. Oh, uh, yeah. So I make my own homebrew, but I make it a special way, the cold brew coffee. And man... It's good. It's good. But Jesus said, neither. <laughs> Here we go. Neither is there salvation in any in other. any other. For there is none other name given under heaven whereby we must, must be, be saved. saved. Yeah. Now, other people get totally freaked out. You say Jesus is the only way to heaven? No. Jesus said, right. I am You're, the only way to heaven. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so one of the issues, you know, we put up the podcast um can women hold uh, women slash divorced men hold the office of uh, pastorate or deacon? And I had uh, a guy that I graduated college with, and and he says uh, that's the only office that they can't hold. And I said, well, they can't be a deacon because he's like a pastorate's the only office a woman can't hold. I go, well, they can't be a deacon. Yes, they can. I go, where? <laughs> he says, show me in scripture. And, uh, of course, I knew immediately what they were going to do was bring out Romans 16.1. The deaconess. Yeah, and I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. That's, uh, if, if you are interpreting it that way, then you have to throw out 1 Timothy where it says qualifications. the qualifications of the office. And, uh, and then that ended the debate because I said <laughs> either, either your interpretation is wrong or the Bible's wrong. And that's really the same way here. Mm -hmm. um, it either, either man is wrong or the Bible's wrong, which is God's word. So we have to come and, and land. And I love you the passage that you said, but then we have John 14, six, which says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except uh, by, by me. me. Yeah. I, uh, get accused as an evangelical. Oh, you believe in the exclusivity of Jesus? You think only born again people are going to heaven? I, I didn't say that, I'm, but I'm quoting the one who did. Who now, did. the one who did rose from the dead. Right. So if you're comfortable to argue with him, right. that you're, you can do that. I'm not comfortable to argue with the one who rose from the dead. I'm not ar uh, comfortable to right. argue with the one who raised uh, the dead, who called right. the sea, who fed the multitudes. I'm listening to mm -hmm. him. I'm not trying to correct him. I'm not trying to bring him into the 20th century and filter him into some kind of political correctness. I'm just listening to him. Right. That's what he said. People get angry at that, but you know, it's interesting. They don't get angry at Islam. They are totally exclusive. You can come in, but you can't go out. We'll kill you if you try to leave. Yeah, the exclusivity of Jesus being the only way makes so many people mad unless it's Buddha or unless it's Islam or unless it's Hindu. And then there's like, oh, yeah, these were, these were, this is it. Well, my wife was taught the exclusivity of the Catholic Church in the, in the parochial schools in Detroit, Michigan. So yeah, we're, only you know, through the local. church. Yeah, only, only Catholics go to heaven Right, is what she was taught. But, the, but if you leave the church, you can't go to heaven now. You're oh, out. Absolutely. No. Yeah. So it's, they de were, it's dependent upon you remaining a member of the Catholic Church. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so they, they taught exclusivity. Uh, all the cults teach exclusivity. If you're not a Jehovah's Witness, According to the Jehovah's Witnesses, you're lost. If right. you're not a Mormon, according to Mormons, you're lost. Yeah. So all of the cults, uh, Catholicism, Islam, Hinduism, all of them teach exclusivity, and they get a pass on it, except for Jesus. <laughs> We're not going to give Jesus a pass on anything. And that should be your... That should be your your siren, your warning, your sign that says, mm -hmm. hey, wait a minute, something's up with this. Because also, if you notice, you can say the name Jesus, uh, and people will get twisted up like a pretzel. But you say the name Allah, Muhammad, Buddha, and you pick it, you name it, nobody cares. Nobody gets moved. Yeah. Nobody's rattled. But you saying the name Jesus, and it's like, uh, to use the, the snowflakes words today, it triggers them. <laughs> Give me a kitty quick. I know it triggers up. You said, Jesus, I need a kitty. So check this out. I, um, uh, my niece, so my, my brother came and, and brought his daughter and, uh, for Christmas and she's like, uh, uncle Johnny, I need to talk to you. And I'm, so I said, yeah, we'll talk a little bit. But then the weekend kind of got, uh, the, the couple of days got away from us. 
And so they were getting ready to leave, and she goes, listen, I need to talk to you. And I go, well, let's sit down and talk now before you guys take off. And uh, and she said, um, uh, you know, I thought I was saved when I was 13, but I wasn't, but I want to be saved. Sweetest words you ever hear. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Live for that. So uh, sitting down on the couch, and uh, I led her through the sinner's prayer, which Listen, we call leading through the sinner's prayer. It's not magical. The words aren't magical. The words aren't what gets you saved. Right there. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Let me tell you what the sinner's prayer is, and this is what I tell people all the time. It is a roadmap with a time stamp. I like that. That's what it is. It is it is a way to walk you through it to where you made a conscious decision for Jesus Christ and you can time stamp it because that was the day you made a conscious decision yeah. to give your life to Jesus. I it's, wrote that down. The guy that led me to Christ said, write down today's date. I'm so glad I did. It was wisdom on his part. I told, I've been using it ever since. For me, it was June 18th, 1972. Yeah, October 2nd, 94. And, and I tell people, listen, uh, even in even in church service, all the time I tell people, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. The, the prayer is not magical. The words are not magical. What it is for me that I give people is a time stamp. This day, I make a conscious decision to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. And, and the prayer is what does that because you are consciously making a decision to pray and ask Christ into your heart. My home, pastor, my home pastor used uh, the same principle with different words. He said, drive down a stake. Right. And if you drive down a stake uh, on the property line of, of my house, you go back, that is the property line That's right. right there. That's right. That, and I know people that uh, pray to receive Christ, and they didn't have that great immediate counsel. Write it down, write it. And they didn't write it down, and they don't even know the exact day but they remember that they did that. And it's so, so neat when you can have that, that day. Oh, the day. Yeah. I, so here's the cool part because well, without question, I mean, all of us in the house are crying, you know, <laughs> she's crying. I'm crying. Angels are celebrating in heaven. Yeah, I, th I think my crying activated her crying. And then her crying activated her dad's crying. And yeah, this <laughs> tough guy's a big softie. He's a big crybaby. I can vouch Man, that. Talk about people getting saved, saved or you talk about your little puppies. It's this big crybaby over her. I'm a softie. <laughs> I am. So, so. Uh, you know, we hugged it out and laughed and loved on each other. And then she goes home that evening. I just happened to pull up my Facebook page. Hadn't posted anything on it in like a week. Cause I try to, uh, you know, three, four days where I try, just once Play in a while. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then, um, but I get on there and she's got a post, uh, this girl's okay because she's got Jesus. Mm-hmm like big bold letters yeah. and it was something like that. And I thought, Oh man, because you know what she understood, Jesus didn't say in John 14, six, I am a way Jesus said, I am the way she believed it. And it's changed her whole life. Yeah. From this day forward. Awesome. You know, I, I like to use this illustration. The house is on fire and, and you're awakened and it's you. You just have that sense. This this thing's going down. I I don't have time to go for my family album. I I I just got to get out of here. The house is on fire. And about that time, you hear fire trucks pulling up, and uh, the, the 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 yelling and the the chief is yelling through the uh, loudspeaker to the different firemen what to do, where to go, what gear to get, and to go in and, and search the place. And you're inside the house. And the fireman comes in. You're not going to sit down and have a debate. Um, no. Which way is the best which way, way out? Is, which is the best way out? <laughs> That's right. uh, how He's many ways say, out now? Now you're here. You've come all this way. You've paid this price. Right, right. All these all these tax dollars have been spent for this equipment and volunteers, and and you're all and you're there training and and you've yeah. come in. You've come in, and all I got to do is just listen to you and get out of here. Follow me. See that people don't have the realization that the house is on fire. And it is. The Bible says 
he that hath the Son hath life, but he that hath not the Son of God has not, not life, life, but the wrath of God abides, abides on, on him. him yeah. Most people have no clue of that, even though Jesus said they just tuned him out. They're living their life like he was never here. They don't know what he said, so they come in with human reasoning. You know, one, that's your truth, that's my truth, and not realizing there's been a revelation of the Word of God, God speaking to us, man. And we listen, and it, you know, why would somebody get angry that the fireman's there and said, "There's one way out. Follow me." Uh, I, I don't get angry of the exclusivity of Jesus. I just got glad that there is a way. Absolutely. I'm glad that He came to me. I'm glad He provided my salvation. I'm glad He went to a cross, was buried, rose. I'm glad that He sent somebody to talk to me about Him. I'm glad that He knocked on the door of my heart. All I had to do was open. So when people get angry with the exclusivity of Jesus, I'm like. Let's let's think this thing through. Yeah, and, and and that is a great point because here's the reality. Either there is exclusivity with Jesus uh, or there's not. There's no middle ground. No. I love that uh, C.S. Lewis, he made this point. It's uh, 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 C.S. Lewis' trilemma. That's <laughs> what he did here. And it says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him being Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg or <laughs> I, I love C.S. Lewis, right? Uh, <laughs> or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. I love that. Powerful words. It's, it's, and, and that's really what you got to come down to, you know, either Jesus said, is who he said he was, or he wasn't at all. Yeah. People want to accept some of his teachings uh, as they can fit them into their comfort zone. And then all the rest they'll reject. They set themselves up as God's judge. And hey, I was guilty of it. Uh, I did exactly the same thing, but I didn't have peace about that. Right. What he said is clear. And uh, do I believe him or do I believe someone else? Well, uh, I went on and I, I responded to C.S. Lewis. Of course, you know, it's my own, but who cares? <laughs> Uh, says uh, Muhammad, Confucius, uh, Dalai Lama, Mary Baker, Eddie, Joseph Smith, Charles Taze, Russell, and uh, many other voices, right? They're all vying for the world's attention. Uh, do they do not speak with the authority of Christ? Each of these persons proclaims another way to God, but the roads paved by their teachings lead not to God, but to the perils of God's frightful judgment. That sounds like C.S. Lewis almost. 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 That's good. Almost. So many of the questions that we hit, and I really admire your uh, lack of fear of man to, and not trying to be popular among men, but being true biblical in a day when the Bible said in the last days, they'll keep unto themselves teachers having itching ears. And so a lot of people shy away from the areas of scripture that are uh, controversial but it's really always comes back to the same thing has, has God spoken. And then we listen when you do take all of God's word and fit it all together and have a, a biblical worldview. Uh, it's a beautiful picture. And, and it fits. Uh, I mean, it, it fits. In other words, when you look at it and you really understand it, all of a sudden you go, Oh my goodness. That's you know, like, you can't even, it's, it's, it's an undeniable truth. One of the things that keeps me focused and on target to uh, preach Jesus and Jesus' word and and have these these topics and to discuss these questions and well, these are questions that not, people ask. They're asking, and I think they deserve a right to be biblically answered. Yes, and and that is why that's why we do this. That's a theme of your of and, your podcast. And then you think about this in the month of December, our little church has seen eight people come to Christ yeah. and all over the world, little churches all scattered around. Jesus comes and knocks on people's door. Yeah. And, so beautiful. And, and great you, to be part of that team. 
but check this out. If you violate the scriptures, man, who's coming to get saved because they don't even know how to get saved. They don't know and understand. And, and I've had, listen, I had this 23 year old girl. She said, she started coming to church, uh, started coming on Wednesday nights. And then she, she ends up getting saved. She start then she goes from Wednesday nights to Sundays. And she said, you know, uh, uh, the more I learn and the more you teach, I started connecting the dots and then it becomes undeniable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now a, she a is body made, of truth. And now she's made it a point that she is in church uh, Sundays and Wednesdays. And every time there's opportunity Yeah, because I she's me. on fire. I started out on the Sunday evening services we had in our church way back in those days. And uh, cause Sunday mornings I was usually hung over, you know, <laughs> come out Sunday night and uh, heard the word of God, started connecting the dots. And I remember, I got saved that Sunday night, June 18th, and the next Sunday morning, guess what? I wasn't hungover, and I went to Sunday school and church, and then I was thinking, I wonder if they'd let me come back Sunday night. I already did two <laughs> services today. I'm going to come back and see if they'll let me in, you know, and they did. They let me yeah, come back. Yeah, they're like, hey, also. come on in, man. And I remember every time the doors were open, I wanted to be in God's church. That's a sign of redemption. That's it a really sign of is. new life and appetite for the Word of God. Well, only Jesus uh, can speak with authority about the way to heaven. And he does that and actually explains it really beautifully in John three thirty one and 32. It says, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard that he testifies and no one receives his testimony. And so when you see this, he's, he literally says, look, the one who made the earth can testify of it, yeah. but you are of the earth. So you can only talk about what you see. Yeah. The creator of it all, the omniscient, the omnipotent, the eternal, immutable, unchanging one speaks to us. Mm-hmm. That's overwhelming to me. Right. I'm not going to sit back and try to psychoanalyze everything he said because, and filter it through my <laughs> finite. Yes, filtering his infinite, infinity, is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> through we'll my finiteness. One, right? I well, make up and, new words. And I, what I love is when people, when people go, well, I just can't believe that. Okay, well, truth is not dependent upon you. Yeah. Listen, just because you believe or don't believe doesn't make it true or not yeah. true. Truth remember, is truth regardless of what you think about it. I remember... Not liking gravity when I was a child. It didn't uh, take long to figure it gravity out. Gravity won. <laughs> Took a while, but. Yeah, you know. It did take, well, as I say, it depends on how slow you are uh, yeah. sometimes before you get it, right? Uh, I love what Jesus said to, to Nicodemus, though, because Nicodemus comes yeah. to him by night and uh, in, ver- in John 3, 1 and 2. Tell me who Nicodemus is first, because he's, he's not exactly uh, uh, ignorant of the, of the scriptures. Oh, he is the spirit. The spiritual leader of that day, he's a Pharisee, a, what's supposed to be the teacher of, of religion. And he could quote over 2,500 scriptures to be in order to be a Pharisee. And think about that. He's right? a member of the Sanhedrin. He's a Pharisee among the Pharisees. He's at the tippy top of yeah, the religious right? yeah, order. Yeah, this dude is up there. If anybody's going to heaven, it's Nicodemus, man. Yeah. That's what people would say. And listen, the in the, the scriptures that he had to remember or quote, was all Old Testament because the New Testament hadn't been written yet. So he had to memorize the majority of the Old Testament. He was on it. He had to teach it. And yet he was teaching what he did not believe. But see, he's right where that young gal, 23-year-old gal you were talking about, he's trying to connect the dots. The, he is because, okay, so here's the funny thing. He comes at night. Why? Well, he can't get caught because, oh, he'll be judged and... And he might lose out. his job. He might lose his job. It might cost him <laughs> It'll, to follow Jesus. Exactly. It'll cost him. So in verse 3.1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He literally was the teacher of, of, the, of the scriptures. Verse 2, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And so he readily accepts the fact that Jesus is not the normal guy. Something different about you, and they say a lot of stuff about you, and I'm not quite sure. 
but I gotta find out. But don't let anybody know about it. Yeah, one of the interesting th- I love what I really love about Jesus is he doesn't go, "Oh, Nicodemus, have a seat. Glad you came." He just says in verse three. So, so Nicodemus makes a statement. We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do the things that you do. And Jesus says. Uh, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot. <laughs> like, Jesus went for the juggler. He, he goes straight for the juggler. He's like, hey, listen, all this small talk doesn't does not matter. Let me let me help you. And so in three, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus goes on. Now he's stupid and he's a little offended. Uh, just, well, come on! Look who he is. He's a yeah. Pharisee of the Pharisees. He look holds at my position here. You know, I, I I make triple figures here. You know, know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so then Nicodemus says to him, "How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born?" <clears throat> One of the most silly. For okay, it it wouldn't be a silly response except for he knew the Old Testament. He knew the Messiah was coming. He knew he had to trust in the Messiah that was coming. And so for him to answer this question like, oh, am I supposed to climb back up into my mother and be born again? That He's completely in the physical realm. He's a little offended, I think. He's not hearing at all he what did. he wants to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Jesus is, well, Jesus immediately puts him on the defense. Yeah. So in five, Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And then he says, do not, because I'm I'm guessing in verse seven, Jesus says this because he sees the reaction of his eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of Nicodemus's facial expression. Yeah. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Uh, also, the one of the most offensive sayings in the world today that I have discovered, especially in the Northeast, uh, you must be born again. And then if someone, if you're talking to someone about Jesus, they'll say, oh, are you one of those born againers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I have uh, been, had that thrown in my face on a few occasions. I find that so interesting. So when I, when I talk about it now, I say, listen, if you're offended by uh, the term born again, you need to get mad at Jesus because he's the one that said it. Yeah, just quoting him. Yeah, you must be born again. And then that's when he says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And then he goes on. No, it's Jesus is making that statement. You, you must be born again. He's also kind of not saying it, but he's ready. He says, you know, you got you to gotta believe. You got to be born again, but I got to go to the cross. I'm going to be the one that takes the nails. I'm going to be the one that, that uh, thirsts. I'm going to be the one that gets uh, flogged. I'm going to be the one that sheds his blood. I'm going to be the one that sup- is separated from the Father f- uh, for three days. I'm the one that's going to go to Hades uh, uh, for you. And uh, everybody's looking at, how could Jesus say that? Well, look what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not offended at what he said. I'm just glad for what he did. Yeah, I once read this in a commentary. It said, uh, but might the way to such spiritual rebirth also be found in the teachings of Muhammad or Krishna or, for that matter, anyone's higher power of choice? Note Jesus' statement a little later on his conversion. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We know that's John three sixteen, And then, uh, Jesus did not say for God so loved the world that he gave Muhammad, Confucius, Odin, John Shelby, sponge, Zeus, or Sylvia Brown, that whoever believes in any or all of them shall have eternal life. God's plan of salvation involves his one and only son. And there's only one road to God. And that's Jesus. It's one of the things that brings me to that. One of my favorite sayings, you've heard me say it a few times. Don't let people mess you up about, about God. That. Let God straighten you out about people. There you go. <laughs> that says I actually listened to you. <laughs> oh, you thought you were smarter than that, Johnny. No, but, uh, I well, like you it. know. God says respect your elders. <laughs> <laughs> when we've been there 10,000 years, it ain't going to be matter that I'm fi- 15 matter. years older than you. Oh, my goodness. Are you, uh, see, are you 15 or 13? I'm 67 next week, so. Yeah, so you're 14. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I was already smoking weed when you were born, so. Yes. That shows how old I am. I was already lighting the path for you, buddy. <laughs> Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Amen. Amen. Uh, so in, in, uh, in John 3, 18 and 19, Jesus also makes it very clear, because this is Jesus talking in John 3, 18 and 19, uh, that apart from him, there is no salvation, only judgment. And, and today, man, that's what offends people. How dare you judge me? How dare you call me a sinner? And How dare you say that judgment is coming? People have tuned that out, and not only do they tune it out and ignore it, they get angry when you even bring it up. Very angry, and yet the most uh, uh, wonderful sermon ever preached that changed an entire country around was Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Yeah. Can I tell you a quick story on that? Yeah, please. I'm speaking at a missionary conference in uh, Western Massachusetts, First Baptist Church. They have uh, three men dress up. They practiced this. They had they got dressed up into the age of, of, of the sermon when it was preached. Three of the most famous sermons ever preached in America. One of the guys did that sermon. Now, that sermon's about 50 minutes long. Right. He broke it down into about 14 minutes, the highlights of the sermon. He dressed. He practiced his British accent. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, Edwards was yeah. the guy. He had the wig on and the whole thing. It was fabulous. I was spellbound. So he's preaching this message, almost like a presentation more than preaching, just to show that how the Word of God hasn't changed, but uh, culture has changed and the approach and the style because he was loud, monotone, and his voice hardly changed at all, and he just led one sentence into the next. And I'm listening, and, it, and I, it, I was completely mesmerized. So he does that presentation, 14 minutes, and there's a song, another testimony, and about 20 minutes later, I bring a 30-minute message. I get done with the message. There's a girl sitting on the front row, probably 20 years old or so. She's moved. I'm thinking she's moved by my, my preaching, <laughs> you know, because I just got done preaching. She's not sitting on the front row weeping. And I begin an invitation for people to come forward to pray, to receive Christ, to just rededicate their lives, to draw near, just to surrender to this great God that we love and serve. She came forward immediately. It was like three steps. She falls at the little altar there, and um, there didn't seem to be any women altar workers. So I went to her just and bowed down. I said, why did you come forward? And she just was, she was trembling, and she was in agony. I don't want to go to hell. And I realized she didn't hear a word I said. Mm -mm. She heard the sermon that was 30 minutes before I even spoke. It was amazing. The power of that sermon 200 years later, 20-year-old gal, because it was the words of Jesus without apology, the Holy Spirit took it, captured her heart and mind. She didn't hear a word that happened and that sermon, it was an hour after he was done preaching that sermon. And she was so focused on what he said. It was the power of God's Spirit. And it's amazing how God's Spirit will be speaking to somebody right in that front row, and then right next to her, somebody's like, is this thing ever going to be over with? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, light and darkness just right up alongside one another. I'll never forget that experience. Yeah, we're going to do a podcast on Shall We Continue to Meet for Church? Because that I'm telling you, when someone gets up and preaches the gospel, uh, man, the preaching absolutely changes people's lives. Yeah. I can listen to great sermons online and, and, and on podcasts and things, and I love it. I learn. But when you're in a group of people that are seekers and somebody, you've prayed for this leader, this guy that God called to be the pastor, and you've prayed for him during the week, and he's studied, and, he's, and God's fed him in his secret place. Now he comes to his public place, and the anointing of God's Spirit comes upon him, and he preaches. Seekers have come in the work of the gospel is alive and Johnny that's our whole world mm -hmm. but that's a world that we want all of our listeners to to listen to yeah Absolutely. tune us in but find a good church jump in both feet be the you, preachers you gotta right now, get man. into you have to get into a local uh gospel preaching church you have to I had a lady you got so much good waiting for you there and I had a lady who she came to my church uh her church had shut down they were looking for a church she came and uh 
man, I preached the gospel all about Jesus. I mean, it was all about Jesus. And her response was afterwards, she, you know, cause I always stand at the door and meet people on the way out. And I know that's old fashioned, but I'm old fashioned and I like yeah. it. And so I'm at the door and, and she comes by and she looks at me. She's 90 years old, I think 80 some years old. <clears throat> she looked at me and she said with the eyes as big as quarters and this huge grin on her face. And she said, Oh, pastor, I feel like I just ate a steak dinner. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, feed my flock. I looked at her and I said, that is the best compliment I've ever had. Yeah. Because I understood feed my flock. But you see why Johnny, it was Jesus that fed her. It and was that, Jesus. That's what's so cool. He takes simpletons like us, right? Calls us. Not many wise or noble are called. <laughs> he calls us to something. You use that, scripture to confirm we're simpletons, dude. I appreciate yes, that. That's right. And uh, but we're surrendered yeah. simpletons, and we know without him we can do, do nothing. And 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 this yeah. is how he has chosen to carry out his work and be part of that. It's an awe uh, that I've never gotten over yeah. that he lets me and you be a part of his our glory, dark, our dark backgrounds. And he, he redeems us. He brings us out, puts a fire in our heart to a love for people. That's why we do the podcast, you know, uh, yeah, a lot I, of and, money and to get th- equipment and time. And th- this guy does the editing, man. I'm that's way over my, my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they say that they say that, uh, on average, uh, people will do seven podcasts and they quit. And one of the reasons is, is because if you're going to do a good job, it takes money, uh, for, for good equipment. The other thing is if you're going to edit, uh, you sat down and timed it one day, which I didn't even realize you were timing it because I guess I didn't want to know, but we sat down and started doing an edit for, uh, pastor Duke podcast. Which, by the way, you need to go listen to us. It. It's amazing. Just go on any podcast platform and look up Pastor Duke. Uh, search Pastor Duke. His podcast will come right up and uh, and listen to his podcast. Some amazing, oh, amazing stuff, right? So we're editing, what was it, a 22-minute podcast? And uh, it took two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. The podcasting part is the easy. The editing is crazy. But you know what, John? It's the, worth it. The payoff. Yeah. I had a lady, uh, and even you said, you're like, and, and you you make the point every time almost. Uh, you know, when you preach a sermon, a lot of times it's one and done. Today, of course, we can put things up. But, man, when you do a podcast, it's it just forever. keeps going and yeah. going and going and going. Because the, the, the sermon that you're telling us about, it lived and died right there in that room. That girl got saved, praise God, but it lived and died right in that room. Yeah. Uh, now with a podcast, it goes out. And the whole idea, I had a lady, she uh, sent me a message, and I was so grateful for it. Uh, just so you guys know, your responses really do mean uh, a lot to us. And she sent a response and said, uh, I just want to encourage you and let you know. I don't even know who she is. I don't even know where she's from. Uh, but she sends us this message. It says, I just want to let you know uh, that your podcasts are making a difference. Thank you. Exactly. I was like, oh, my goodness, man, that is so cool. So it's really, really important, and this is why we do it, because we want people to know the truth. Uh, To get back to John 3, 18 and 19, apart from Jesus, there's no salvation, only judgment. This is what Jesus says. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And so if you believe the Bible, you have to believe that it is the truth and it stands alone. This verse, because and, and we've talked about this before, some verses are standalone verses. And then some verses, you need the ones before it and the ones after it to keep it in context. This verse, you can take, you can take it out and it, and it'll stand by itself. Uh, but the uh, context just frames it up even more powerfully. Oh my goodness. The context really frames it up, but this is a standalone verse. If you do not believe in Jesus, you're not going to heaven. You're condemned verse 19. And this is the condemnation. I mean, Jesus is like, okay, if you don't believe in the one who came, you're condemned. And then in verse 19, he says, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light. And that light that that Jesus is talking about here is not that Jesus came into the world. The light is that the truth came into the world, that Jesus brought truth. 
into the world and uh, men loved darkness. Don't no, don't listen. Light expose or you know, truth exposes people, but men love darkness because they can get away with a lot more. Men love darkness rather than truth, if you will, because their deeds were evil. And so uh, Jesus says, "Look, man, if you don't believe in me, you're condemned already." And this is why you're condemned because you prefer evil over righteousness. It not only gives the what, but it gives the why. Absolutely. And so Jesus says, listen, anyone that does not believe in him, uh, you're already judged. You're you're judged. It's kind of like you were a thief. You stole from a store. You hadn't went to the judge to be convicted yet. You're sitting uh, there, but you know you're guilty. That, That never changes. And you don't want to even hear about it. You don't. You don't want to talk about. It, you don't want to hear Turn about it. Turn it out, <laughs> right? But that's that's what's happening here. He goes, you're condemned already. You're judged already because you already know you're guilty. You just haven't went before the judge to be convicted. Yeah. But it doesn't change the guilt. You know, you can go to the savior. You can go to the judge. I'm taking the savior, baby. Me too. Right? Because he's gonna look at me and go, "Oh yeah, you know you're guilty, but because of my grace and you believe in my grace, innocent." But no believe in the grace, believe in Christ, who he is, what he did, the, the death, the burial, the rest, believe that it just, he turns the lights on and then the, the, you know, other people scatter from the light. I've been in movie theaters, you know, and then the lights come on. It's like, Whoa, do that slowly. And well, um, think about this, turn the lights on and what runs in the kitchen, rats and roaches, yeah, yeah, baby. They sure do. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm not calling. You have a great way with words, John. Rats and roaches, baby. That's the only thing that runs when the light comes on. All right. That was too funny. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> And the lights come on. You can see what you're doing now. Yeah. You can see where you are. You can see. Well, I remember being when I found out that I had been under condemnation. I did yeah. not know that. I think maybe some people tried to tell me that. I didn't want to listen to them because I was in darkness. But then I remember when the lights came on. It was like I was so thankful for the church of Jesus through the centuries. You know, people were like, oh, I went to a church. Nobody shook my hand. And they like, yeah, they, and they judged the church of Jesus Christ, 2,000 years of victory and suffering. And they judge it because somebody didn't shake your hand. Come on, get your eyes off people. Get your eyes on the yeah. Lord. Uh, un- unfortunately, people judge God based on Christians' behavior. Yeah. And yeah. it's so unfortunate. And that, that just shows you birds of a feather, right? I mean, you, you look at one, you're like, oh, well, if you're like that, then, and, and it goes on. Uh, Jesus' claim of exclusivity is offensive. We know that. And, uh, and, then for, and it's because of that that believers who spurn the idea of tolerance and inclusivity, they're shamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are you to say Jesus is the only way? My, uh, I was talking to a family member, and they said, um, uh, you don't own Christianity. <laughs> I went, you're right, but I know the one who does. What's amazing is they're tolerant of everything and everybody except, except Jesus, Jesus and his teaching. Yeah. And uh, so they lose the battle by that. What they say one thing and do another. Well, and of course, in some areas, Christians are tortured and even killed. We know that's ha- and that's happening to this, to to this today. Day. Yeah, people are denying it, but you, but you can't deny it. It's the truth. Uh, but they're tortured and killed for their beliefs. Jesus knew that. He foresaw that persecution uh, would be heaped upon the faithful to him. And in Matthew ten twenty one through 22, he says this. Now brother will deliver up brother to death and father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. And it's not because you endured to the end that you're saved. It's because you believe that's what keeps you in the pocket. That little phrase, hated for my name's sake, I've come to understand that so much more in the past uh, year or two than I ever had before in my Christian experience. I came from the Bible Belt. Uh, I knew I was out in left field being crazy. And uh, uh, then, of course... The gospel is made clear to me. I come to Christ. I understand. But uh, I was kind of welcomed into this new family, and uh, people were happy that I was off drugs, and they were happy that I wasn't selling drugs anymore. They were happy that 
I had peace and, you know, I was not probably going to go to jail for bad things. I might go to jail for preaching gospel someday. Hope not. I don't want that martyrdom. But um, today, because of the Judeo moral standard, uh, we are deplorable because we just won't look to government as God. Right. God is our provider, not, not the government. And uh, so we are deplorable now, and you begin to see even in this pandemic yeah, think that's about been that. going on, they really the church has been kind of shut down, and we faced some things that we've never faced before. That's why that's why we're going to do a podcast on um, should you keep going to church? Yeah, and I actually have a verse for that. I bet you do. I, I got do. one. <laughs> I got one. I love it. And I'm going to use it. All right. At any rate. Uh, so let's, let's move on to this. Uh, uh, so there are not many roads that lead to God. There is only one. God commands all people everywhere to repent. Acts 1730. Truly these times of ignorance, God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to, to repent. repent. What happens is when we say that, we get what you just talked about. You deplorables. How dare you judge me? You think you're better than everyone else. You And it, da, 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 and it goes on and on and on. It's like, no, hold on a minute. Jesus said, the Bible says that we are called to repent. Acts 4.12. Uh, not only are we called to repent in Acts 17.30, but in Acts 4.12, we're called to trust in Jesus. I love this because either scripture is all lie or it's all truth. If it's all truth, which is so funny because even non-believers uh, will call you out using scripture mm-hmm. to, to believers. Right? Judge not lest you be judged. Yeah, that's <laughs> truth, but the rest of it's a lie. Well, shut up. Why are you doing that? Well, here in Acts 4.12, It says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Amen. And so Jesus is very clear that Acts says uh, uh, Christ calls us to repent in Acts 17.30. In Acts 4.12, there is no salvation in any other. You know what that means? Jesus is the only way. There are not many roads to God. There is no other road to God. Hebrews 2, 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which is which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, being Jesus? Mm-hmm. How can we neglect this truth that 2,000 years later, people are still willing to die for. Explain that one. They're not hyper-spiritual. They're not crazy. They're not uh, uh, strung out. These are people who literally, uh, well, 20 years ago, uh, five years ago, they would have been looked at as good, moral, upstanding citizens in society today. Uh, if you're not busting windows and taking TVs and shoes, you're not a good, moral, upstanding citizen. Yeah. yeah. My preacher said they get their brain switched. They wind up calling evil good and good evil, and that day is here. It's not yeah. fun. It's not a fun fun world to be in right now. Yeah, it's really not. Galatians 1, 6 through 9, Galatians 1, 6 through 9 says that anyone who teaches another way of salvation is a false uh, is a false teacher in danger of damnation. Yeah. And so Galatians 1, 6 through 9, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him, Jesus, who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another gospel, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. There is no other way. And, and if you believe If you believe the Bible is true, you got to believe this. And if you don't believe the Bible is true, you're not going to heaven because you don't believe God. It all literally hinges on what you believe about the word of God. That that huge little word, believe. Believe. That's just that resting place. You know, I think that song, my faith has found a resting place, not in, you know, Christianity is not a list of of, uh, do's and don'ts. It's not not just a list of... uh, 
of, of a, a system of creeds that we quote, but it's just that landing in our heart that Christ is the Son of God. He came on a rescue mission. He was God clothed in human flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. And they had the whole sacrificial system of animals, which never took away their sin. And then John the Baptist connected those dots. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh Take away, away the sins go, of the John world. Said, yeah. <laughs> Take away the sin of the world. And you believe that. And that, that just that, that moment of connection, yeah. that moment of enlightenment where Amen. the lights come on in your heart. And you just trust him yeah. that he paid for my sins. And that's the miracle within Christianity was never intended to be a religion. Right. And, and you just said it. Christianity is not, I mean, by definition, it's a religion, yeah. but it's so different from all other religions and any other religion, because it's an absolute relationship with God. Uh, Jude one, three, uh, for those who proclaim that all roads lead to God, Jude 1, 3 uh, says that they are perverters of the gospel and that they are deniers of the faith. Here we go, D deniers. Uh, that's a word. It better yeah. be. I put it in there. Says so verse 3, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. And so anybody that that is a perverter of the gospel. There are the deniers of faith and they're going to hell. They're the workers of iniquity. They're the workers of iniquity. And I know people don't want to hear that, uh, but that's the reality. Jesus warned us of false teachers and here they are. I'm watching uh, a documentary. There's a documentary on uh, faith life TV. That's it's called uh, the submerging church the submerging church. And it talks about the church that's sinking, right? Today's church, because we have this emerging gospel, if you will, the emerging church. And it's a false gospel, man. It's painted to look good. It's painted to be beautiful uh, for seeker sensitive and for those. But if you listen to what they say, they these leaders of this will tell you, um, even Rick Warren who's a part of that. Sorry guys, but Rick Warren is a part of it. And he says, um, that we have been deceived to believe that preaching the gospel changes lives. Mm -hmm. Change mine. Well, what does the scripture say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. hearing by the word of God. That's preaching the gospel. How shall they hear except for someone go and preach. And yet Rick Warren says, we deceive ourselves to believe that preaching the gospel changes lives. You know, back uh, a number of years ago, I was following so closely on what everybody did and everybody said, I was a trustee in a, 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 a Bible college training the next generation of preachers. I think it was very important for me to be aware of who's writing what, who's saying what, what's going on. I got kind of weary with it because a lot of people I kind of looked up to were starting to say bonehead things. And I, I think God just, just, he puts his hand upon common men and women around the country and he lifts up local churches and he just quietly does his work in kind of the secret places. But you have those men that want to be men among the men and be seen of men and have their name and religious lights. And it's like, that's not really where the great work of the gospel. And I got, I'd hear them say bonehead things. It's like, sh shut up, you know, just preach, just preach the gospel. Don't try to be superhuman. And well, I, you, if you look at Joel Osteen, he was yeah. on good morning America and they were asking him and they said, uh, you don't preach, uh, like other pastors do. And he said this, he said, well, I think that people are tired of hearing doctrines. What they need, they don't need doctrine. What they need is an encouraging word to get them through the week. Sounds so sweet. Wrap it up in pretty, pretty uh, uh, wrapping and pretty bow on it and uh, smile real big and have your shiny teeth and, and only tell just little bits and pieces of the story. Just enough to keep them hanging in yeah, yeah. and get their money, but not get them to heaven. I, I find it, inter and I, I said this before, you said, you know, he wraps it all up real pretty and nice bow, and uh, but his gift stinks. Mm -hmm. Joel Osteen can wrap it up beautiful, but the gift that he's giving stinks. I Me, I'm horrible at wrapping, but my presents, <laughs> my presents are awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've seen <laughs> I've seen him so many times uh, in the media just dancing around the exclusivity of it, mm-hmm. exclusivity of Jesus, right. dancing around uh, historic Judeo moral issues. I've seen him dance on anything controversial, all oh, the yeah. things that he would never tackle on on one of his presentations on the weekend. Uh, these issues, but those people deserve biblical answers to their questions too. And uh, so it's a different form of uh, Christianity. Yeah. I question if it's even Christianity at all. I don't. Know? I don't think it is. I think. I think he uses the name to draw people in to think it's good. Yeah. And 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 listen. Let, let me tell you this. He is not offending anyone. He does a great job of making you feel great. But let me ask you this, how great are you going to feel when you're burning in hell because you believed his gospel over the gospel of the Bible? I don't ever want to set myself up as other people's judges, but we saw, we did a whole podcast on that. There's a, there's a difference between judgment and discernment. And I, I notice that when you see a lot of these people that get in the lights, Joel Stein, I'm probably speaking of specifically now, I have a lot of people ask me about him. And so I've had to study it out, listen to what he said find out he's got a $12.3 million mansion on one side of Houston and a $2.3 million mansion on the other side of Houston. And then had friends, I met members of my church now that were, uh, who resided in Houston when the big, uh, uh, hurricane came in the flood. Oh, they locked the doors. They didn't help they, a soul. They just locked her down. You know, we don't want to be bothered by the needs of people. They, they legit is, locked yeah. it down. Well, dude, that's not the gospel of the, yeah. of the Bible. But you see, it manifested the spirit of that. They have all of this uh, financial resource, but that's for us. Yeah. That's for us. Yeah. It's not, it's for, not the for the people with needs. And it, it just really shook. And then there was this uh, furniture but it did, guy. But it, did, but it didn't slow down the attendance. It blows me away. I have this same person who lived in Houston at the time. There, I don't know. I wish I knew this guy's name, but he became famous in Houston. Just this regular guy. He had these mattress shops around. He was a millionaire. And uh, when the thing hit, he just gave everything away. Just opened up his his places. People need refuge. Come to my place. All the all the beds and mattresses. Wait for <laughs> bring your own stuff. And and he just took everybody in. Here's a guy that never really professed anything to do with Jesus, God, the Bible, but yet was more godly than the yeah, pastor had, of the biggest church in in Texas. Yeah, it was. It's just by their fruits you, you know shall them. know them. And yeah. you have you have the show, and then you have the reality. And it's so disappointing for me to see people, you know, proclaiming things in the name of Jesus, and yet they don't act like Jesus. All that, of course, is that how he closed out his Sermon on the Mount? He said, "Not everyone who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, Lord but he that doeth the will of my Father right. which is in heaven." How do you see? And only those that, only those who believe in Jesus are going to do the will of the Father because yeah. they're. Without Jesus you do, and the Holy Spirit, you have no clue what God wants. Otherwise, you believe, well, God loves me just the way I am. No. It's kind of a half-truth. It's like he, it's he'll accept you where you are, but then there you go. Begin God accepts you. you the way you are, but he will not accept you staying that way. That's right. He begins a new work That's in right. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it First Corinthians? No, Second Corinthians 5, 17. Um, uh, Is that the one who serves shall... Uh, yeah, you're a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away. All Behold, things all become things become new. new. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Just to begins this work. Faithful as he called you, who also will do it. He yeah. begins that work in us uh, to change us, to conform us to the image of his son. So eyes off people, huh? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go back to the original thing, illustration that you gave about a burning building. Instead of being uh, grateful that someone has come and said, this is the only way out. This is the way to safety. This is the way to, to heaven, if you will. Uh, people in a burning building sh- wouldn't be mad about it. They would be grateful for it. Yeah. And so we're telling you that the building is on fire. You're not promised tomorrow. The fire escape, that's the, that's the other thing. You know, the elevators are gone. The stairwell's on fire. The only thing left yet you have is the fire escape. Nobody complains that there's no other way but the fire escape. They take it. Because that's it. And I'm telling you, Jesus is the only way. You need him. Without him, the stairwell is on fire. The elevator doesn't work. You're going to burn to death. You will burn in hell forever and ever. And so uh, instead of having an attitude of consternation, maybe 
you would have an attitude of praise. Really look at this and just be thankful that God has given us a way out. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He provided it for us. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through through him him might might be be saved. And I love the fact that he says, uh, listen, you're condemned because you didn't believe. That's uh, which is 318 picks up. He who believes in Jesus is not condemned, but he who does not believe in Jesus is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Amen. 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 And either this is all truth or the Bible is all a lie. And your decision about Jesus will determine what you believe and what you believe will determine where you spend eternity. There's no way out of it. It is what it is. I pray that the day comes that you stop and that you would be like my niece and say, Uncle Johnny, I need Jesus. And that you would fall on your knees and you would cry out for God to save you. And God will save you. You will be born again. And once you're born again, heaven is your home, no matter what happens from that moment on. So I pray that you see God's face, that you read his word, you believe and you surrender to all that God has to say. Until next week, I hope this has helped you. Like, share, subscribe, follow, and have a wonderful, wonderful week.